My name is Javier Colon. Welcome to The In-Between. Today, I'm joined by Catherine Willis, Jessica Stagnari, and Julie Zhang to talk about their thesis film titled The Little Night. Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> How are you all today? I'm great. Good, good. Thank you guys for coming on to the show. I'm very happy to be able to talk to you guys about your piece. I particularly like your piece uh, a lot because... Just like, I love the story of it and I love the, the, well, I'll, we'll just get into it later. I'm just really excited to talk about it. Um, so first of all, let's go around and introduce ourselves, everybody's favorite icebreaker. Uh, who are you and what do you do? And we can start with, uh, we can start with Catherine. Word. Yeah. So I am very into like the pre-production aspect of things, more like the visual development and design and such and so forth as far as my career goes. For the thesis project, my main role is working on the environments and the look development for those and the modeling of those and a lot of the lighting and that kind of thing. And I did do all of the like visual development stuff earlier on in the pipeline, but right now the environments are still my main focus. I'm Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do the animation for the film. I think I would like to be more of a generalist, but in terms of thesis, I'm all animation. Awesome. And Julie, what about you? So I'm the character artist. I'm making all the little ducks and little characters. And I'm more of a, well, I do have a very heavy character focus, but I think everyone that comes out of SVA is kind of a generalist. So we'll see wherever my career takes me. But yeah, I'm working on the characters. Love the characters. Love doing characters. <laughs> awesome. I can tell by the how many times you said the word characters, you're really, really enjoying it. Eat, sleep, <laughs> and breathe characters. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So how did you guys find yourselves at SVA? Oh my gosh. Actually, I started at SVA uh, as a pre-college student. Ooh. So like... Yeah, my junior year of my junior going to senior year that summer, I basically I knew I wanted to do some type of art. And I actually was thinking like I wanted to do 2D animation, but the pre-college only had computer art left open because I applied like pretty late. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? Close enough. I think I would like it. I love <laughs> 3D art. I love Tangled. This is mm -hmm. the same thing. Right. So I actually I started at SVA there. And then I loved it. It was amazing. But for some reason, I decided my freshman year to go to SCAD. <laughs> I don't, I could not, if I could go back in time and just question her why, I would. But uh, yeah, I went there for a semester and did not like it. Wow. It was just, it was too far because I live in New York. So mm -hmm. it was too far for me. So I ended up coming right back here. And you were studying at SCAD for the exact same thing you're studying now? Yeah, they have it a little bit different there where like you do 2D and 3D at the same time. Mm. But by that point, I was so in love with 3D that I was like, I don't, I want to focus mainly on that. And mm -hmm. that was like something that SVA would give me that they wouldn't. So it was one of the many reasons I came back. <laughs> gotcha. Very cool. I honestly didn't really know that much about SVA. I didn't plan to come to SVA. Um, I applied and they gave me a scholarship. So I was like, <laughs> Serena so School gave me a scholarship. How nice. But like I flew over to visit Pratt. So I went there to visit there just because 
like I think just name wise they're a bit bigger it's I when you're from California you just don't hear about SBA as much just Mm -hmm. because it's not that big of a name even though we're amazing but yeah I went to visit Pratt and like this person showed us around and she showed us her project and it was very artistic I respect it it was very like I squished clay and it's like unique and not heavily technically based but very flexible Um, (laughs) and it looked like a prison and the grass was bright and anyway so I left there and I was like not going there definitely not going there and then I looked on my email and I was like, SVA, um, visiting hours. And I was like, well, it's like a block away. Got on a subway, went for like half an hour, went to SVA, like came into SVA. And I was actually applied for um, illustration or like 2D animation or something. Like I was not in 3D, but I arrived so late that all of the people have left except for one 3D artist. (laughs) Like, I'm so sorry. No, it was advertisement. They were like, we don't have any advertisement left. People left to show you around. It's like so late. So then a 3D artist just showed me around the computer art labs and was like, computer art is <laughs> where it's at. And I was like, and now you so <laughs> I wing flap thing. Like I would not be here. Shouldn't be here. Somehow am here. <laughs> you got to thank that random computer art person for just like taking you under their wing. Yeah, like, and then a bottle of wine or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are they now? Yeah, I think it's pretty similar to Julie's actually. Like Pratt was also in my last few choices. Like by the time I narrowed it down to like after all the acceptances and stuff came in, I had like Pratt, SCAD, and SBA. <laughs> um, so I flew to SCAD over my spring break senior year, and I was just like is it worth getting on a plane every time I want to come to school Mm. and every time I want to see my family? I'm very family oriented. I don't think I want that. So that was out of the question. So then it was pretty much Pratt or um, SVA. Mm. And also at that point, I applied to SVA as a cartooning major. Mm. And um, (laughs) I think I did illustration for Pratt. So I was also questioning that a lot my senior year because I was just like, I don't know. I didn't even, I don't think I even realized that I was locking in my status as a cartooning major when I applied (laughs) for SBA because I was just like, oh, it's a checkbox. Cartooning sounds interesting. Why not? So yeah, um, one of the things that did influence me to come to SBA, I remember specifically was um, my dad had been spending a lot of time in the city around that time. And he saw advertising for one of the after-school specials things at SBA. Mm-hmm. And they had one that was open to the general public. And it was Monsters University with a bunch of computer art alumni and um, who had worked on the film. And so we went when I was in high school and he made me talk to a couple of them after about like school and stuff. <laughs> we awkwardly like, hi, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> But that was very inspiring to watch. And I think that was always in the back of my mind when I thought about SVA, like just having that example of professionals who had come from there and worked on very cool stuff for a very cool company. And so that definitely was like a big influence on choosing to come here. And also just the fact that it was in Manhattan, accessible, living in the city is appealing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. At some point, I just had the realization that I wanted to change my major into computer art and be called and did it 
And yeah. And then also um, they took forever to get back to me about the honors program. But then I got a letter in the mail that was like, hey, you can do this. And it was very late, like right before you were supposed to like confirm which school you were going to go to. And I was just like, oh, word, okay, none of the other schools have an honors program. Might as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was just like a triple whammy for you to come yeah. to SVA. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I love that, though, because I feel like, I honestly feel like we all, it's like fate. All of us, like, chose something else, and then we ended up being like, you know what, SVA is the one. All right, so now I actually kind of want to get into a bit of your thesis. So just give us like a broad introduction. What is your thesis called and what is it about? So the title of it is The Little Knight. And basically the whole source of the concept was, it wasn't the first concept that we thought we were going to do. Like it changed a bit like last spring. The original concept was something that was very like wolf walkers, like a girl who goes into this forest and finds this like mystical creature who's also like in the form of a young girl. Mm-hmm. It was very important to us to have like some kind of bigger theme mm. underlying the whole thing because we're very into that social justice. Hell yeah. And so we wanted to do something. What we landed on was something that had at least a little bit of commentary about like gender and gender roles and how that affects like young people. And so the concept of our thesis is about this little girl who's very into the idea of being a medieval knight. And she sees herself as kind of this like heroic figure whose purpose is to help people. And she has these big dreams and like- Yeah, she's very, she's very prideful. Yes. And so how the other kids at her school kind of butt up against that because she's a very unique and very like outspoken person. Mm-hmm. The other characters that are involved are mainly this bully character who is in the way kind of like offended by the fact that she's so herself mm-hmm. and so like unafraid of being who she is and who kind of lashes out at her and other characters because of that. Mm-hmm. And also this other boy who fills the role of like the princess slash damsel in distress character mm-hmm. because he is very into like stereotypically feminine things like the color pink. He has this toy tiara that's very important to him and that kind of or counterbalances the things that the knight is into. Like she has her little like cardboard armor and things like that. So we have this trifecta of characters with the classic villain, damsel in distress, and knight character, but they're kind of flipped and changed into interesting forms as these young children in modern society. Yeah, and that's that's my favorite part about this piece is that it's it's familiar, but it plays with that theme, that familiar theme that everybody knows. It doesn't feel wrong. It feels like it fits still, right? Like that no matter who it is or, or what their gender is per se, like they, that those rules still fit and that theme still fits very nicely. And that's something that I think you guys accomplish really well in this piece. So you were kind of mentioning that this was starting to turn out as like a, a, a wolf walker situation. What did this idea kind of start as? Like, where did it, where was it at the very beginning of this kind of like process? At the very beginning, we actually, it grew a lot. I think the gender aspects might have actually come with Kat Um, when I first fleshed out the idea, I was very invested in mainly the night character and sort of her journey of being, taking this idea of, oh, 
I want to be a strong knight. And I see this image of a strong knight Mm -hmm. in maybe the way that you see a superhero and you think a strong knight always comes in and like defeats the villain. He's just cool that way. And she kind of sees it in this very like surface level childish. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is like the superhero. That's super cool. And then her journey throughout of realizing that being a knight isn't really about being super strong and defeating all of the bullies, but sort of becoming stronger than them Mm -hmm. in knowing, Hey, maybe I won't defeat them, but I'll be a good person and always try to be a good person, even if it's difficult. And then I think as we discussed, Mm -hmm. we really fleshed out the other two characters since popped out the concept. I was like, okay, the bully bully is the, is the villain. I think as we fleshed out, especially the gender aspects, for us, the bully became sort of the character that's actually very, very insecure, sort of the person that's tied to like toxic masculinity. And he isn't a bad person, but definitely with insecurity comes a certain amount of rejection of others to make himself feel better. He became ignorance. That was like his whole being. Yeah, it was a very collaborative process coming up with the story. Like it wasn't any single one of us that just kind of had like the whole storyline beginning to end we just did a lot of like pitching each other on like one sentence ideas in the beginning and just seeing what stuck like what we liked what we wanted to include and eventually it kind of evolved into what we have now but it definitely wasn't a fully formed idea from the very beginning we literally woke up one day and was like i got it <laughs> <laughs> and then just all sat together what if it's a night <laughs> we literally sat together like in the classroom like okay Let's go. Let's just, everything we're thinking at once. You're just brainstorming collectively, yeah. It was crazy, like, how the way it works, because I think for a little bit we were struggling to really find what we wanted, because we always knew, like, we wanted to do something that had a greater moral at the end. Like, that was something, before we even, like, became a team, even, like, the stories that we made individually, there was always some type of moral or some type of, like, social message Mm -hmm. at the end of our things. So we knew that that's, like, what we wanted to do. But we were having such a hard time, like, trying to make it perfect, I think, in the beginning, that literally, like, Julie slept on it, woke up the next day, texted us, like, I have it. I know what we're doing. Like, hear this out. Right? We had so many pictures of nights. We just didn't know. Oh, yeah. The Pinterest boards are popping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, I think we didn't even have the idea of redeeming the bully until, like, at, like, the beginning of this semester. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I'm super attached to, like, the idea of just being, like, the knight becomes a firefighter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was Julie's vision in the beginning. Like, we see where they end up, like, years Mm. in the future. But um, eventually we decided just to keep it very, like, short-term, like, kids being kids. You could always do in the credits, like, a full house theme, kind of, like, where they are now. One of the things I'm most excited about is just doing the credits because I'm really excited to to do illustrations for that. We have all their futures planned out, to be honest. Yeah, we actually, we sat in a Zoom call once and just came up with everything. Uh Just for fun. The night becomes a firefighter. She Uh has like a girlfriend. They're basically married. Mm -hmm. The princess is like a fashion designer. He's perfect. The bully, he's basically like Gideon. He's yes, Gideon from Zootopia is how we envision him. Doesn't he own a dog shelter? Didn't we come up with that? Yeah, he, he saved a dog people. shelter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm not kidding you. We like went in. It really was like a boost. 
That's how we stay sane. We just write Literally. fan fiction about our own characters. Straight up, make Spotify playlists. Like I do have Spotify playlists. We have to we keep being in love with the characters if we want to make it successful. So I think that yeah. we just keep adding more and more to just fall in love again. So we talked about your thesis. We talked about the idea and the process of getting there. Um, and now I want to kind of talk about a little bit about this kind of pipeline that you guys are in because you guys were mentioning that you create these fan fictions and backstories what is your guys's favorite aspect about this piece i do definitely enjoy modeling the characters but i think what really makes it fun is sort of fleshing out these characters knowing who they are and trying to really give them life and yeah for me modeling is a lot large part of that just because we have very solid ideas about who these characters are, what they are, like what they've been through in life, what they're going to be and what they want to be. Mm -hmm. It's just bringing that sort of into the world. So I think, yeah, of course the base is loving this project and really loving our characters as like people and as characters that we can relate to, honestly. You know, it's hard, I think, to pick like the one thing that I love the most and I do, I do want to say it is how, how like we created the characters and how much we fleshed it out because there's something like, honestly, I think it was beautiful the way that we just came up with like all these things and like, in a, in a way they're like real to us. Like they're our babies wholeheartedly. Like we pack mm-hmm. them lunches to go to school every day, <laughs> right on like, little notes. I also want to say like animating for the proof of concept completely changed how I was feeling because I think after you get to a certain point like during the year you just get so burnt out and so stressed that like you lose sight Mm -hmm. of why you're doing this and when I saw when I saw like our proof of concept just all come together I I literally like I gasped like I was so it was something that I think I definitely needed because for so long like we didn't see the characters coming to life we just we knew what they'd be like alive and we saw what they looked like, but the animation part, like we never had that chance really until proof of concept. So I think, I think that might be so far my favorite part of the pipeline is just like bringing everything to life and literally like having our babies become true. Putting that groom on there, getting the lighting in. We're not bald. Oh, the eyelashes, for some reason, really adds something. Subsurface scattering. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Key words. Keep going. I've been working on the environments for so long, which I'm not trying to be an environment model (laughs) after I graduate. (laughs) So, I mean, a certain amount of it is just plugging away at, and it can get tiring just knowing, like, I'm not trying to have, like, an environment modeling reel. I'm not trying to have, like, a look dev real for like Mm -hmm. 3d so it is important just to remember the reason why i love this project because Mm -hmm. that's what keeps me going and really just remembering that the audience is not the fellow students it's not just for us like it's Mm -hmm. not for our professors or for anybody from the department or like anybody really in the 3d industry like we're making this film for young people (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this is a film that's geared towards children to see and hopefully take something away from and just enjoy and find visually appealing and inspiring in some way and so that I think 
is my favorite part of it. It's just, it's just hoping that this film will be able to reach those young kids at some point in the future. That's really cool. And I, I think that that's a very interesting perspective as far as like knowing your audience and knowing where this film is going to be kind of exposed in a general sense, because in a bit of a like an autocorrect part of my mind, I thought you were going to say that you're making the film for the three of you. But that was really interesting to hear that you guys are making this knowing that children are going to be watching this, right? Like this is going to be something that's going to be exposed to a younger audience. And I think that that is important to know who you're going to send it to. So Jess was actually kind of top touching on a topic that I wanted to kind of discuss a little bit um, as far as burning out and working a lot because there may be points when you might not meet your own expectations or everybody else's expectations. So just my question for you guys, what would you guys say was your lowest point in thesis thus far? So about like a week, I want to say, or two weeks into the fall semester, I actually had like a really big family, what can I call it, like an accident? Yeah, emergency. Emergency, thank you. I couldn't think of the word emergency. And it really obviously affected me but when you're in thesis basically like your team's life becomes a part of your life as well when it happened I had to stop doing thesis like I had to put my family first me not doing the thesis set us back it was like during previs time and these Mm -hmm. two who weren't even supposed to do previs were actually like okay we're stepping in we're gonna do it like it's gonna be okay and I'm very I will always be thankful for them literally like they made life so much easier for me and I say it a thousand times but at least for me the hardest thing is definitely just life like uh, our teacher when all this happened I obviously told him and he like had a whole talk with us being like life happens like thesis is happening but life is still going on mm-hmm. and at times life can be really really bad sometimes that comes first or sometimes you know you have to you have to put thesis down or you have to let yourself have a moment and I think that applies to not even just like family emergencies or anything like that like burnout as well you have to because life does go on and it still affects you and there's still things that you need to take care of because if you're just working on thesis and you're not taking care of yourself that's a big Mm no-no that's really gonna that's gonna hurt in multiple different ways so I think for me just having to deal with life and like catching up it it changed thesis for me in the way of like I, I had to play catch up and I have to prioritize certain things and it also I guess in a good way made me realize that like you have to prioritize things other than thesis like during this whole time and it's something that's unspoken truth. Yeah, I feel like that collect that moment was collectively pretty bad for all three of us, even if it wasn't my personal like family experience happening, uh, or Julie's for that matter. The effects of that were further reaching. And it also happened to be the week that we had to present to everyone on VoiceThread. We were the first Ah. class that had to go. And so Julie and I were like scrambling to get things together. (laughs) It was a lot of pressure very early on in the semester where we really didn't think we were going to be freaking out that much that early, but you know, the cards fell where they fell. It's just hard to pick like one low moment just because I feel like it's 
I bounce between emotions so often (laughs) (laughs) throughout this whole process, especially in a year like 2020, where, I mean, there's been so many like health scares, like you never know what's going to be the next thing to happen. The election, that was a crazy week, huh? Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) What a time. I kind of forget that that happens sometimes, (laughs) but um, yeah, I mean, there was also a time like, I got a call from my sister because she was freaking out because they thought that my mom might have COVID. Oh, wow. And so I had to like skip class and basically like talk my sister through like, she's 18 now. She was like 17, I think when this happened because her birthday is in December. And so she had her driver's license. So I was like, okay, I had to be like, okay, you've got to drive her to like, go get a test. Like if she's physically that bad, like, it's going to be okay, but you just got to power through. And I'm so sorry that (laughs) you've got to be in charge of this, but like, everything's going to be okay. And thankfully she did not have COVID. The test came back negative. They both got tested. Um, I'm so glad she failed her test. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, God, just anything having to do with like my parents' health is always extra concerning. Yeah. It's very scary. I worry about them a lot. So especially in these times. So Mm -hmm. that is always a bad time? Um, I think for me, I didn't have any large personal issues or like, I surprisingly, this is maybe unique, or maybe some people also Mm -hmm. feel this, but for me, the pandemic, or at least online school is definitely a good thing, just because I'm not native to New York. So during the past three years, I've always been flying out, getting on a plane, and then being in an apartment apart from my family and being able to have like occasional calls, but mostly just kind of slumming it. But having just being at home and studying at home, there's so many aspects of disconnect maybe with my friends in New York and maybe it's Mm. like not being able to see the people at school. But for me, at least being near my family actually did help. I definitely, yeah, I definitely didn't have any serious low moment but it's more of a slow burning sort of, I wish I had more time and I really love this project. And that makes it hard just because you have a vision of where you want it to be. And it makes everything more difficult just because when Mm. you care, the decisions Mm. become really personal as opposed to, Hey, if this was just a homework assignment to me, I wouldn't care. It'd be so easy. We'd do something with like the characters or the story and that wouldn't really matter. But Yeah, I think for me, it's just having to also learn while working since for rigging, I was running into issues. And what I really like is, of course, just fleshing out the characters. But there was a point where I felt like I was at a standstill where it wasn't that I didn't work fast or that I didn't know where to go with the characters. It's just that Mm -hmm. I was stuck at a point where people didn't know how to answer my questions, but just because there's certain issues you run into. And I couldn't move forward. So an entire week, I think, was just watching videos, researching, um, emailing people, and kind of at a standstill. So for me, that was really difficult just because it wasn't that I wasn't working. It was just sometimes you run into things and you're like, I don't have much time, but you also had to learn these things to move forward. I, I think that's very admirable that you kind of took it into your own hands to, for that week, find out the answers for yourselves, you know? 
Um, all right, now for the more fun part. What was your guys' favorite part of working on Thesis? Like, what was your best moment? Well, I know the best moment is going to be when it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> we get to, like, That's see exactly it what finished. I was thinking. I don't know. I guess, like, yeah, just seeing the first shots get animated and just seeing the characters move around, seeing the proof of concept actually get finished on time and maybe not flawless, like, it's our first shot is running through the whole pipeline. So there's already like things to change about it. It really didn't matter in that moment because it was just seeing that fully rendered shot and seeing that this is a project that we could conceivably finish mm -hmm. because it's kind of hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel sometimes. Honestly, yeah, no, proof of concept. I feel like that was a turning point for all of us in the mm -hmm. way of it just brought, I don't know, so much motivation back which I think I even said like before but it was just like seeing everything come together and like seeing what we envisioned like because it's so easy to like think of something in our minds and just like have a few like ideas written down but like seeing it coming to life it was just I think that that was I think that was my favorite part I would also say just the way that we came up with it in the beginning because when we came up with it it was right before you know, the pandemic happened and like mm -hmm. that was, I think, one of the last times that we were all together, mm -hmm. like in person. And there was just something, I don't know, so nice. It was just <laughs> so, it's something that you miss now, just like being able to like come together. We went out to eat after we celebrated. Mm -hmm. after we Shout out to Bonchan. Oh, uh, Bonchan. So we literally like, I would also say that might be a favorite because I feel like it was the the start of something new. <laughs> it feels so right to be here with you. You know? Disney's gonna snipe you, Jessica. <laughs> no! Not the mouse, please! Um, I think similarly, definitely just the meeting together and coming up with a story, just because I love making this project so much, but mm -hmm. it all comes from loving this story. I hear this from teachers so much where they're like, this is your portfolio piece. Like make sure to show off like what you want to do. And I think there is a certain level of people starting to think of this thesis, this project mm -hmm. as a portfolio piece, as I want to make it really cool looking and pushing technical skills. And I think that's amazing, but at least for me and I'm not sure about my team, but I think we're on the same page where I think for us, this is a story that we love and the creation of maybe the more technical aspects is sort of a bonus of like, we built these skills at SVA, but in the end, the base is the story that we love. So definitely, I think was coming up with characters, continuing to flesh them out and realize who they were and find ourselves and maybe hopefully kids out there would find themselves inside of it too. But definitely the story, like I love making characters. Mm -hmm. There's so much fun technical stuff to it. But in the end, I think the reason we're all so invested in this is because mm -hmm. of the story. We're able to sacrifice like our time, like push through emotional trauma and difficulty because we love this story and like, uh, what is something that you have learned from your partners or your, your group mates? I think we definitely became a lot closer just because all of us, we all do have like a level of anxiety and like stress in different aspects of our life and just maybe anxiety in general. There was a certain level of people being like, oh, groups, like you have to like, you go in a group. So like technically you could be together and make more and like work together. But honestly, our group is kind of like a giant counseling 
support group <laughs> where we all just like cry and stress to each other. And like, I know I wouldn't, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't this group. I'd be in such a like difficult place. Like, I th- no, I think I'd be fine. I just, <laughs> this was what it's, it was meant to be. And it's really hard right now still. We're kind of in the midst of it, but I think we're going to make it out. Even if, <laughs> no, we're going to, we're going to make it good. We're going to make it good. But like, no matter what, I don't think we'll ever regret it or blame each other or be in some, like a bad place because I think we're, even if one of us has a struggle, it's such a point where we all understand each other in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of what I've learned from them, gosh, um, yeah, I really can't imagine being in any other group. I think it's really nice because no matter like if one of us is having a rough day or a rough week or just a rough time or whatever, there's always going to be one of us that's in the right headspace to like pick them up and be able to tell them like, everything's okay. Like this is a project that has so much like pressure and context and like build up to it that I feel like sometimes we can get in like very deep into our own heads about it and feel like it's truly the end of the world. (laughs) Like as kids from SBA computer art, thesis is supposed to be like such a capstone and that comes with a lot of baggage. We've always been able to remind each other it's really not like it is important to us. Like we care about the story, want it to be good, all that jazz, yada, yada, yada. We want to graduate. (laughs) Yeah, the Um, most important thing, of course. It should not be at the, the cost of our mental or emotional well-being mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> or physical for that matter and i think that that's something that i've definitely learned from being in this group i i really think for me it's like i've never i've never met such supportive people and such i want to say like calming in their own way because and i'm sure you guys feel the same no matter what we we do. We have each other's back, but we know if if need be, like someone will get it done. Someone will like will always be okay. And even if it's not exactly what it we wanted, we make it okay because it, it's true. We prioritize our health and we prioritize ourselves before thesis. And we all have the same mindset in that way, where we're just. We're very caring individuals, and I think our story even shows like we really we we care about the world. We care about kids. We we just we care, <laughs> and I I I'm very I'm very happy that we are together. And even like when we you know like you talk to Jimmy when you're in a group, and he asks like, is there any problems? Because gen- generally there will be problems, and people will have fights or have disagreements, but. I, I, we've never had one. We really haven't. We're That's so, awesome. we're so, watch now we're going to have one. We're going to like get off this call and they're going to be like, I didn't like that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you speak for me? I can't believe this. <laughs> but we really like, I never have to fear any of that. And I think that we apply just the right amount of pressure, but not too much. And I'm just... I, I don't think I can in words express how grateful I am to be working with them and to just be their friends we were always friends first <laughs> i feel like with thesis we become like even closer how did you guys decide to work together because you guys were mentioning that you you were all friends 
previously, but then how did this uh, this group project come about? Well, Julie and I lived together last year. Oh, wow. Um, yes. Um, I'm still in that apartment, but obviously Julie is not because of the coronavirus. thing that we don't yeah. talk about. Yes. <laughs> you must not be named. Um, yes. So basically for like the whole first half of last year, like we're actually all in the same thesis research class just mm-hmm. by like happenstance. Mm-hmm. So literally Julie and I would be like on our couch like in the evenings just being like I want to be in a group but I don't know with who like there's so much pressure ah. and then eventually we were just like wait we both have different specialties why don't we just group together <laughs> so Julie and I were like the first to come together it wasn't like all three of us at once I showed up <laughs> I just walked it I was the Ringo in this situation <laughs> Now I kind of want to turn it to a little bit more of a reflective note. And and since we're on the topic of groups, what would you recommend to anybody who wants to work in a group? I mean, the most basic is just make sure it's balanced. Like mm-hmm. if you guys both want to be environment modelers, you shouldn't work together. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you're both going to want to do like all the really cool environment stuff and then leave the other person with the stuff that's not as cool. And then mm-hmm. also who's going to do your animation because I know neither of you want to do it. Yeah, of course. Um, that's kind of the most basic level though. I mean, I feel like most people know that there's always a couple of people that act like they can get over that, but mm-hmm. you can't, you cannot yeah. trust me. <laughs> you will not be the exception. <laughs> um, I think starting early with finding a group is really important. Mm. Groups aren't finalized for a while. And I think if you can start a group or start thinking with certain people, you can kind of get an idea of how they work and see if like you guys mesh well, because there is like the unspoken things that you need to think about, which is just like, are we going to work together? Like, mm. is our, do our schedules line up? Are you a morning person? Am I a night person? Yeah. Do you like coffee or tea? That's not <laughs> important, but like, maybe it is. I, I, I would say that coffee and tea, like that distinction is extremely right? important. <laughs> Coke or Pepsi. That's actually very important to me. Dogs or cats. Yeah. But you, yeah, I think that, I think it's important. And also to realize that you don't need to be set on one team. Mm-hmm. And I know like telling someone like you don't want to work with them is hard, but at the same time, you do like in the beginning, you have to think you have to be a little selfish and think Mm -hmm. about yourself before you start thinking as a whole. So you need to do what's really like right for you. So I think like the best thing is, is to like get your feelers out as soon as as soon as you know you want to be in a group, I think try your hardest to like find people in SBA, there's a certain level of thinking of things really, really technically. Mm. And I know a lot of people might seek out groups because they're like, oh, this person's good at this. And mm-hmm. I really want to like push this as technically as possible. But I do think it is important that maybe you group with friends. Like I know some people don't and some people make it re- work really well. Just kind of finding someone being like, hey, we both want a group. We don't know each other that well, or we barely know each other. But I think definitely finding someone since this is a very, very long project and maybe it's specific to us, but I think working together and having sort of this group journey, as opposed to just being a project and having this sort of emotional support as well is 
for me, such a large part of being a group and doing this thesis. Of course, I think dynamics between groups might be different. Like other groups may be very, very technical and they might be really charging forward or maybe they didn't know each other before, but they got to know each other. But I definitely think there are huge benefits of grouping with friends. Mm -hmm. What is something that you would tell your freshman self about SVA? Oh, I would tell my freshman self to just pick SVA first. Don't go to SCAT. <laughs> no, actually, I'm very, I'm very grateful I went to SCAT because they're very good at foundation. So I learned mm-hmm. a lot of like design and drawing from them. So I am glad I went there. Oh, well, I think the biggest thing I would tell my freshman self is that whatever you're doing is going to be great because you're making it. And as long as you're happy, that's what matters. Aww. And I, I think especially freshman baby me was very like wanted to be at the top and was willing to sacrifice like my own health for Mm -hmm. the top. And as I got older and more therapy, (laughs) I realized (laughs) that it's not, that's not what matters most. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there is, of course you want to get a job. Of course you want to be successful, but the most important part and I do have the privilege to say for me, the most important part would be the happiness from it and like mm. the happiness of creating. So I would tell myself just to be proud of what you do so you can keep the passion going. Um, but I think I definitely in freshman year, since I did come into this school in sort of like a last minute decision, I was still at that level of doubt of, I think, a lot of people who come into art have that sort of difficulty of, hey, I'm paying a lot for this. Like I want to be financially successful just to pay my parents back to, you know, mm-hmm. be successful in a way that maybe for me at least, I feel like I owe to my parents who are like immigrant parents. So they moved to a different country to give me certain opportunities mm-hmm. and honestly help me a lot with like financially paying for my school because I like along with scholarships and like whatever like I was able to scrap together I definitely wouldn't have been able to go to the school if it weren't for them a lot of my struggle freshman year and even now I think there is that doubt of would I would I be able to make the like make this work would I be able to make this worth it Mm -hmm. like would I be able to pay back the sort of investments that the people around me that I, I like I myself made sort of in myself. I had those doubts really strongly in freshman year. So I think I would say just, it will get better. You'll become familiar with what's in the industry and what you want to do. And Mm -hmm. it won't be always this level of uncertainty. The uncertainty will always still be there. But I think while I was interning at um, the Gulfstream, my mm-hmm. boss was talking to me about how, like, it might sound cliche, but you have to find something that you would love to do because at that job, it was the first time I've done sort of eight hour like day of wake up in the morning, work till night. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that if I wasn't doing something artistic, I would be miserable. So knowing that even though there's a level of doubt of, hey, maybe I would make more money in a different field, mm-hmm. knowing that for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to wake up, do this for all of my day. 
do like be off work and have it be like maybe five or six and quite late in the day mm. knowing that I don't think I could be happy doing other things it's comforting right so I just I'm able to devote myself without doubting myself I would say um don't worry about what other people are doing mm-hmm. and don't model your time at school off of what other people are doing because sometimes you really just have to listen to your gut and try the things that you that are a little bit like out of the box because that's how you find things that you're really going to enjoy and things that you'll actually like learn a lot from even if it's not strictly like the SBA computer art like typical trajectory mm-hmm. like some of my favorite classes that I've taken at SBA are actually like random humanities classes those are the kind of classes that I took that I really like felt my brain expanding from you know <laughs> like in a way that's not just like technical knowledge about anything but mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like helped me grow as a person like I think that's important to keep in mind like as much as college is about and especially SBA is about practical skills and like getting you ready for the workplace and that you shouldn't be afraid to like actually take the time to turn that part of your brain off and think about your personal development and maybe don't just take the super easy humanities mm-hmm. where you go and write my professor and everyone's like you turn in one paper and that's it the professor literally doesn't <laughs> care what you do sometimes it's worth it to take one that's a little more work you know uh who is your favorite podcaster Ooh. Adventure Zone, you know, <laughs> all the The McElroys. Oh, so good. I love them. They're, They're really so good, yeah. This is like my most obnoxious, like white male from Brooklyn trait <laughs> the, <laughs> the depth that which of which I am into podcasts. Like, <laughs> I literally hear myself sometimes and I'm like, oh God, please stop talking about it. Like everybody knows, like it's fine. If I had to pick one, I mean, it's one that's hosted by two people. So it's uh, not a single podcaster, but one that I've been very into this year is You're Wrong About, mm-hmm. which is hosted by these two like journalists named Mike Um, and Sarah and um, they talk about kind of like historical like news stories that have Mm -hmm. become kind of almost like urban legend in a way like just kind of things that people think they know the whole story for like everybody remembers like seeing it on the news or like talking about it with their friends and family and stuff but there's a lot of details that get left out because of kind of word of mouth and like sensationalism and there's always like a very interesting backstory. Um, So they talk about things like Princess Diana, for example, they Mm -hmm. did a deep dive into her whole life recently. That was like five episodes. That was really interesting because um, even they admit like talking about the British Royal family is not like anything particularly spicy in terms of journalistic (laughs) standards. But they really were just like, it's COVID. We need something that's relatively low stakes, but still interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I was like, wow, I respect you so much (laughs) for admitting that. But let's go on this journey together. But then they also talk about things like, why didn't anyone go to prison for the financial crisis? And Mm. it's really interesting. Oh my God. Right now I'm just like, that's like, you listening to big brain things right now and I'm just here like watching my Asian drama I, or, like, <laughs> I literally listen to one called Tiny Meat Gang 
So oh my god. <laughs> no, but the thing is, I also love those so much. Oh like, my god, it's gosh. all good content. I think the McElroy brothers. Oh mm. yeah. See, I love like. It depends on what I want. Like, if I'm doing work, I need to listen to like a comedy type of one, or like one where it's just like I don't really need to listen to what you're saying. Like, I mm-hmm. can just have it on in the background. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Tiny Me Gang. They're so good. It's Cody Ko and Noel Miller. Oh my! They have they make music too. Oh Under that, it's Tiny Me Game, and the music is actually so good, it's insane. If they started <laughs> it as a joke, with okay, the song was called Keep Your Dick Fat, joke, right? But now their music, like, I have it on my on my Spotify. I'm like, you're actually good at this. I think if I'm like, I'm actually trying to listen, I, I just recently got into listening to Critical Role. Oh my gosh, that's like a whole series in itself, like a whole fandom. It's so, it's so good. I'm not very far, but like. Oh, also this one. This one. (laughs) (laughs) Jess gets a gold star. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Thank you guys for the podcast recommendations. I'm always looking for more things to listen to. So that is Yeah, I can always forward you that note for my notes. Oh my God, please. (laughs) I will be busy until the end of like the next five. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on to the show. It was a pleasure talking to the three of you, and I wish you the best of luck on your piece. It's going to be amazing. Oh my gosh, thank, thank you so, so much. much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yes, this absolutely. Was, this was so fun. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of The In-Between. If you like the show, you can subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Javier Colon, and I will see you next time. I might start crying. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm such a sap that I honestly, I could. Because like for me, oh my God, Jessica, please do not cry. It's embarrassing. (laughs) So anyway, so kind of going back to what Kat, what you were saying about like your your emotional. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to phrase that. Harry Dorrington. Love him. (laughs) He he basically... (laughs) Oh, yes. Okay. So <laughs> my turn. Um, I'll send you a link in our in text form right now. <laughs> in text form. I, that's the first time I've ever so, heard someone refer to a text as text form. <laughs> I'm secretly 87 years old. It's fine. <laughs> Wolfwalkers is great. Watch Wolfwalkers. It was basically our idea of like a billion times better this than This episode is brought it. to you by Wolfwalkers. Wolfwalkers available <laughs> On to Apple stream. TV. <laughs> um, anyone uh, is listening that likes Pratt, we're so sorry. <laughs> Literally, no tea, no shade. This is just personal I mean, experience. Yeah, no, Pratt's wonderful. They have wonderful grass. <laughs> Imagine having a campus. Could never be us. <laughs> we don't have any grass. Like, they wouldn't get, like, actually, no, they probably go outside. Um, yeah, no, they have great grass to run on. <laughs>
Yeah, it's so, okay. We don't have time to run on grass. Yeah, we don't need grass. <laughs> we just had like a little patch. Yeah, the grass won't save them from COVID isolation at this point. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's well, amazing, Julie. That's such an amazing story. <laughs>